Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective podcast. Each week on the podcast, you'll hear stories and tactics from experts and influencers who will provide you with actionable steps to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Larissa McClemon, and I help salon owners move from stress and overwhelm to lead a life of freedom and profit by implementing a strategic framework to grow and scale their business. So wherever you are in the world, I want to officially invite you to join me in this episode and make an important step in your journey towards more freedom and more profit. It is possible for your salon to excel in the current climate. I get it, it may sound a little bit crazy to some, but COVID-19 has affected so many businesses in this industry in so many different ways, most of which have been negative. But when I tell you that, I know someone who has defied all of the odds with his story. I'm not exaggerating. I want to introduce you to Hayley Benton. Now, Hayley has four salons. She's a four-time salon owner, probably a serial entrepreneur uh, who has had or has made mass achievements under her belt. Namely, her salon manager, Sean, just won Best Salon Manager for the whole of Britain, a huge award out of 20,000 salons. Plus, her salon was also a top five for customer service, salon design, and best new salon. But what we're going to focus on today is the opening of her new salon in Palmerston North, New Zealand, while Hayley was all the way over on the other side of the world in the UK. That's right, she opened a salon via Zoom. (laughs) Hayley will share her expert advice on how to start and run a successful business including forming an excellent team culture, planning for growth, how to ensure things run perfectly when you can't actually be there in the salon. Now I know many of you are going to take massive inspiration from this episode so let's dive in and meet Hayley. Hayley thank you so much for joining me on the Salon Owners Collective podcast. Super pleased to have you here. Hello Larissa. So uh, Hayley, let's start with this. Let me know where are you in the world? Uh, what do you do and how did you get to be doing what you're doing? Uh, so hi, I'm Hayley Benton and I'm currently in the UK. I'm a Kiwi. Um, I've lived in the UK for about 10 years and I have a portfolio of hair and beauty salons. I also have a, like a website, like the trip advisor of the beauty industry. Um, and yeah, I absolutely love business, love people, love inspiring people to be their best selves. And that's pretty much what I do on a day-to-day basis. You're kind of a serial entrepreneurial type person, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I love all sorts of businesses. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really keen to uh, talk about you opening a brand new salon halfway across the world in the middle of a COVID pandemic. Um, Somewhere along the line, you got the idea that it was time to open a third or fourth salon um, and you you might do it from the other side of the world. So I really want to, uh, while you couldn't travel, so I really want to hear the story and get you to share the story of managing multiple businesses in the middle of lockdown and opening a new one. So tell us, let's start with what was the inspiration? Sure. Um, I suppose the inspiration was um, I I was at home in New Zealand um, in lockdown, stuck there, which was a lovely place to be stuck. Um, My sister had just had a baby. Um, Things were getting back to normal in New Zealand. So I think it was, you know, only six or seven weeks in New Zealand with the lockdown. 
And I'd gone back to Palmerston North, um, my hometown, and gone out for dinner with my friends at some Mexican restaurant. Um, we'd had, had a tequila or two, and um, they, they said, well, Hayley, why don't you open an Alchemy and I in Palmerston North? And I just said, oh, no, you know, Palmy's not ready for, for this. And, you know, I was sort of thinking, oh, that would just be crazy. And then anyway, on the, on the way back to the car, they're sort of like, we, we walked past this beautiful building and I looked through the window and I was like, oh no, this is like, I can feel it. I can feel it. Like this is, this is actually the building. <laughs> and you know, when things just happen and it's all about timing, um, then I was actually leaving the next day um, down south and I just quickly got the real estate agent and um, went for a walk around the building. And I think for the types of businesses that, that I own with the salons, um, the building has got to feel right first and then the magic can happen afterwards. And so, um, yeah, so signed the lease for the building within a week and um, yeah, called my salon director um, and team over here in the UK and just said, uh, this is what we're doing. And they were like, okay. <laughs> and um, I, flew, I flew back um, to the UK a few weeks later and we started, myself and Sean started interviewing uh, on Zoom and uh, we found our salon manager after loads of interviews and it was like oh I don't know whether we're going to be able to do this because we need the people um, but we found our salon manager and she's she's been fantastic um, we hired the rest of the team on zoom you know we didn't know if the hairdressers were any good you have to go off the Instagram photos we didn't even have a building to go and do a trade test um, it was quite challenging and then obviously we had the building works as well whereby we were talking to um, Alan, our builder, who was just amazing and just doing um, FaceTime videos with them every couple of days and walking around the salon. Um, so it was quite a challenge, but it was, it was a fun challenge. And then uh, I, I went back uh, to New Zealand in, in November to open it up. Um, so it was only sort of four months, four, four or five months. Uh, so I saw the building in June and we were open by November. I had to go back and quarantine for two weeks in a hotel. I was doing all the final preparations uh, there and uh, in my little hotel room with all my post-it notes. And then I finally met our salon manager for the first time. It was really strange, like just very surreal walking into the building that you've been looking at on, on FaceTime. And uh, yeah, finally met Helen and, um, and all the girls, which is just, yeah, it's really a really nice feeling when I think about it. I just want to uh, sort of add the sort of what you went through, I guess, do you know, uh, first of all, the UK to New Zealand is 12, 13 hours. So mm. this was a commitment of uh, 6am to 9am, and then again, 6pm to 9pm. Um, yeah. you know, correct me if I'm wrong. This was kind of like the ability of your workday while half the team was asleep the other half were working and and there was only this check-in point it's not like you were Australia to New Zealand and you're only three hours behind or something it's a whole 12 hour difference which is massive um, uh, it was um, especially for you know for trying to train people so I think it was actually there was many nights that we did till like two in the morning um just trying to take you know make the most of the New Zealand morning and um day um and especially hard for Sean, um, the, the salon director, he, he, um, he's obviously a hairdresser. And so he's 
training them and he's got a L'Oreal color degree so he's trying to train them um, and do all these workshops over zoom teach them how he'd like a blow dry to be done and it was um, extremely challenging for him too um, yeah it's just mental and when it, I think about it yeah for sure and so uh, he's training your New Zealand crew from the UK but meanwhile you've got uh, salons in the UK that mm. are either operating or in and out of lockdown, which means you have a team that needs to be managed, looked after on their own Zoom calls, and you're dealing yeah. in and out of lockdowns. So talk to me about the timing of training and prepping one salon, what what was happening with the other salons and yeah, so all that um, craziness. <laughs> well, by the time by the time I'd come back, we then reopened the salons here. Um, I think we had a, a gap of about three months. So whilst we were prepping, luckily the salons here were open because it's obviously, um, it, well, that was just helpful to the whole thing working. Um, but then, yeah, November, they closed here again in the UK. But um, during that time of trying to prep, we luckily have the structure in place. We have assistant managers um, running the salons here. Um, so that it actually worked out quite well. We were able to keep keep the love flowing and the culture going. And actually it was almost, the weird part was we were keeping them updated about what was happening in New Zealand, the, the team here in the UK. And they found it really exciting and motivating in a really um, hard time. You, you know, you don't know what to expect, but they could see other things happening and the momentum driving. And I don't think people could quite work out what was happening. You know, it's either a really dumb idea or a really good one. And we've found out so far, it's been um, a, a gamble that's paid off. But I think it just gave them some hope and inspiration that they could see something happening on the other side of the world. Mm. And they were even, you know, I had the team here talking to the team there and introducing each other and really trying to cement that gap because we're trying to say to them, even though they're on the other side of the world, you're still one team. Mm, mm, that's right. Um, yeah, I think it's so inspirational. Uh, talk to us about finding a manager and building a team remotely um, and, and give us, you know, we're now four or five months, you've been open and operating. Talk to me about yeah. where you're at now, this far down the track. Yeah, so um, when we we got our salon manager and and found the right one um we you know we just felt she had the same values as we did and essentially what happened was we we just started explaining like how it's going to look what's the structure going to look like um what she's going to be expected to do and I set that out like, that it was going to be a challenge really early on like I didn't want there to be any surprises um so she almost became she was a project manager first so she actually feels like she has some sort of ownership in the building because she was she saw it from from nothing to what it is now um, and we have we still have two meetings a week with her um, on zoom you know one morning one one evening and they're and they're long meetings that they've got a structured agenda we're looking at each member of staff for, for us it's not so much about the numbers at the start it's about getting the people right and that they're happy and then the numbers will happen after that um, but the client experience is what makes the salon different so she's she's uh, Helen she's brilliant because she's just making sure that all the team members know what's our unique selling point and how to keep us elevated 
Um, and I think keeping her uh, inspired um, to be better. And I think it's a, a nice feeling like it's a, it's a new thing to New Zealand. So they're all quite, um, they're having a good time. They're having fun in their work. And I think that's really important. It's a good challenge. For sure. Uh, and I think that's one of the things that stand out uh, for Alchemy and I, the brand, is that there is a really strong brand look, feel, direction, purpose, and vision. So do you want to talk to us a little bit about that? Why is it different? Um, and what is it that's so inspiring for team members to be part of? Sure. Um, so Alchemy and I started actually when I was um, just traveling. I went from New Zealand to Sydney. Uh, I was on holiday and I saw this amazing blow dry bar and I was in there drink, sipping champagne and feeling like I was literally a VIP. And I, I was just so desperate to experience that here in the UK. You can, there's some places that will do it in London, um, but I actually wanted it to be an experience, you know, going to the hairdressers for an experience. And I think for me, um, I got frustrated with my hair salon um, as well because I'd go in there for regular color, regular blow dries. And eventually it was kind of like, oh, it's just Hayley. You know, we're a bit running a bit late. Oh, it's Hayley, it's fine. And I was like, well, I'm your loyal client and you're sort of not treating me like a VIP. It's a really backwards way of thinking. Mm. So I just sort of had this whole vision in my head about the experience and yes, if you've got good colorists, that's, a, that's definitely a bonus and you, you come out with nice hair, great. But the most important part is how you're making that client feel. And so I'm like the fussiest client, which is with all the salons, I think that's where the base is, is because I want it to be the very best experience. Um, and then what I think the stylists who work there feel is that they can see the difference. Um, we treat them really well. Um, I make sure that they all feel valued, that they are the VIPs. And it's um, just embracing what we're trying to do. I think, like I said to you earlier, it's they can see the mission that we're on um, mm. and they all know what the purpose is and what you know our drive is to scale. And that's what we want to do. And our vision is creating happiness through transforming people and exceptional experiences. And the reason that we chose that vision is so that it can talk about people like our clients, but also our staff members. So they all have a really clear idea that we want to scale. Um, I've made no, no secret of the, it to them. It's kind of a joke. I'm like, I'm going to go for global domination in the salon industry. You know, I'm changing the way hair and beauty is done and expected to do. Um, and at first they just laughed. And then now they can see that that's actually happening. Mm. yeah for sure I want to talk a little bit I want to paint a picture uh it's a little bit trickier of course on a podcast but I want to paint a picture I've been to one of your sellers oh I've been to the one in New Zealand clearly can't uh, travel <laughs> to the UK right now um but I want to kind of get a bit of a picture of what is the experience who is the customer what happens while they're in there because uh you really have paid attention not just to the hair, to the way that the hair is blow-waved. I mean, uh, training specific blow-waving and blow-waving techniques via Zoom. I mean, there's a, a lot of attention to the specific details. Blow-waving being one, you've got a bar and a, a particular experience while somebody is inside 
serving food and cocktails and talk to us a little mm. bit about that. Sure. So obviously they, they come into the salon, they're greeted, um, then they'll be taken to, like we have a waiting bar. Um, then they're asked if they'd like a drink. Um, they'll have a look at our brochure, download our app, because we've got an app where they can um, order food, um, order drinks from. And then um, we will take, and the, one of the stylists will come over and, and do a proper consultation with them. Doesn't matter what they're in for, they will sit, sit down and basically say, what, you know, how do you want to feel when you leave the salon today? What do you want out of this? And so that the expectations are super clear. Um, and then we will take them to the hair spa is what we call it, where they get their hair washed. And, and the differences with the hair spa is it's um, in a completely separate room uh, with beautiful laid back um, chairs. So you're literally lying flat. Um, and then like really lovely hair spa music. So you feel automatically relaxed. The stylists aren't sitting there chatting away to each other or to you. It is literally an automatic re relaxation. You're asked if uh, you would like a uh, weighted blanket. Um, you will have a uh, eye mask on if you would like it. And then we actually give you a menu to ask which massage you'd like, what scalp massage would you like, which type. So there's three to choose from. Um, and then we make it really clear about the products that we're using, um, make it super relaxing. They have a great uh, massage and, uh, you know, the smells and things, where, you know, everything about it, uh, it's got to be right, the smell, the music. And then uh, they come out and, as I say, even with colouring, they're sitting there uh, upstairs, chilled out. They can order drinks. Um, we have a bartender that is literally coming around all the time saying, would you like a drink? Would you like some lunch? Um, and the whole part about it is meant to be about community and colour and cocktails. It's um, you can meet new friends while you're sitting there or you can just sit there and relax. But it's definitely that community type vibe. Um, but, it does, you know, if they need a phone charger, they can get a phone charger. They can order that from their app. It is um, trying to be that VIP service. I mean, we've been known to go out and buy birthday cards because someone's forgotten it. Um, you know, we have a concierge type service so that nothing is too big to just sit there and say, do you mind if I do this or have you got this? And um, yeah, I think that's probably one of the best parts. And also when we've got like um, some gaps, one of the, my biggest things is I'd rather not see that go to waste. You know, say if you've got like a two hour gap, um, your beautician's not doing anything or they might be just pottering around. I just keep saying, I don't want to, I don't want to see that. We, we have to make them busy. So if there's someone downstairs or upstairs getting their hair done and they're, you know, they've got foils on, ask them if they'd like a free manicure, you know, really upsell the value that we are offering. Um, and to me, it doesn't matter if it's charged for or not. I just want that client to feel good when they walk out the door and feel like they got the maximum value for, 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 for what they paid. Yeah, I think that's super smart because the client gets full value, uh, full experience. The team member's not bored sitting on a phone out the back um, and you're paying her either way. But I always believe once you've had something, once you'll have it again for a client, mm -hmm. do you know, um, whatever that conversion number is, whether it's 50% of those free things that you do, the 50% of the people will come back and have it again or all of them. 
uh, it's an untapped opportunity that too many people are missing, I think. Yeah, I think there's too, people are too short-sighted. Like, hmm. oh, you know, I'm not doing 50%. And I'm like, just do it. Because the conversion, as long as you've got a goal that you're going to convert that client afterwards, it's like if you give something away for free and don't, you know, that you're not trying to do anything, then I can kind of understand it. But the goal is to convert that client to a loyal client. And um, we call it share the love. So mm. it's kind of like it, that is a daily um, expectation that everyone's trying to share the love with whoever uh, needs an extra treatment. Uh, the white space doesn't go to waste. Mm. Love that. Uh, all right. Amazing. I think you've pulled off miracles uh, across mm -hmm. the globe. Um, and it's just the beginning of what I expect to see. Let's talk a little bit about behind the scenes because mm. um, running a machine like that or any business actually most people see what happens out the front what's visible what we can see through the window what we see on social media and we most and we the public don't see what happens in the back what it takes for a business owner to run a business um, and to make it prosper so talk to me a little bit about the engine out the back room <laughs> sure i think um I suppose I'm slightly different. My background isn't, I'm not a beauty therapist. I'm not a hairdresser. So um, I suppose I'm lucky in a way because I, I don't have to work in the business. And I think you've talked about this a lot, Riss, about like being in the business rather than working on the business. So I'm, I've made sure right from the start that I've always worked on the business. So I've set up this machine about, I mean, I, I know about the business parts that the cogs that need to keep going around. Um, so mastering the business behind the business, I think is important. Um, like knowing your numbers, knowing what things you need to function to make the show go on. Um, and that's how I describe it. You know, that's your platform, that's your stage, but behind it is all the lighting and all the sound and all the everything else going on. There's so much um, that people forget about because you're too busy, I suppose, running the salon day to day and making sure the clients are okay but um so my thing is knowing the numbers you don't have to be an accountant um and you don't have to be good with numbers either you know there's lots of tools out there but just trying to understand the basics of are you actually making money um how much is that costing you what's the white space costing you um cash flow forecasting because you know cash is the thing that will kill a business so trying to understand you know, what is a cash flow forecast? It sounds complex, but actually it's mm -hmm. literally just money in, money out. Um, and what's your, what's your bottom line? And um, I think there's, if you can find a good accountant that can teach you really, really basic things, it'll give you a better insight into what's working because, you know, yes, it's great running a business, but what's the point if you're not making any money? You know, if you're just working really hard um, and the numbers aren't showing you, you know, the reward, um, so I think my thing at the moment is, is the business behind the business um, and things like um, staying visible. That's been a big one for us in lockdown. Like we've kept our marketing team super busy over the last year, even though we've been closed for seven, eight months. Um, they're still posting weekly about different things, lockdown tips. And I don't I don't I can't actually think of any other salon that I've seen on Instagram that's more visible. Um, because we're just constant, it's um, continuous about like putting that brand out there. Um, 
and the marketing is probably one of the strongest things that I keep um, sort of driving home about it because if you can't sell a secret, right? It's, mm-hmm. um, you've got to you've got to keep making yourself visible, um, and I don't think enough people put enough investment into that because what you do put in, you will get back. Yeah, um, for sure. Yep. And sorry, there was another one, wasn't there? Uh, well, I'm keen to talk about culture uh, and keeping yeah. the culture alive, particularly because <laughs> you've been closed seven months out of twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, to keep a team alive. Uh, to keep a, uh, a positive, thriving culture, not only during various lockdowns, but across the globe, and to have a team to feel like they're together. What's the secret to that? What is, what, uh, in your experience, keeps the culture flourishing and thriving? Um, constant communication. Like, I am pretty visible and accessible to everyone. I think we've got, like, 62 staff now, um, between the four businesses and I am always available to, you know always sending a message um, for instance we use a platform called Slack um, and I think we're not a typical salon because we're using these sorts of corporate technologies um, I've set everything up that can scale so that as we get bigger I'm not going to have these issues of like oh what communication platform do we use we're, we're doing everything now um, so with Slack, obviously, it's kind of like WhatsApp or Facebook Messenger, um, but you can have different channels for different things. So um, we've been, you know, just in lockdown, I suppose, talking about like, okay, we had a pizza competition. Who could make the best pizza? We're having a, uh, we're going to call it like the Silver Firm Bake Off and do all these little mini things and we're fitness and trying to motivate each other. But then you've got the New Zealand team who can talk to the UK team and share their experiences as well. Um, and so they've got like a little mentor program going on whereby the same levels can talk to each other um, and learn from other levels. And it's um, it's quite, a, it's a really connected way um, of, of talking to each other. Um, then we've been doing things like, I've been doing internal podcasts with all of the staff. So I interview them for like 15, 30 minutes um, who are they? You know, what what have they been up to? Like, how did be, what did they do before this job? Um, what do they like about this job? What um, what inspires them? And it's actually been really successful. Like our little weird uh, internal podcast. It's just been a bit of fun, but especially with lockdown, you know, you can't go out at all. So people are going on a walk and they might be listening to it, but actually learning about their colleagues. And then they'll send a little message on Slack going, oh, hey, I loved listening to your podcast. And that was that was really cool. I didn't know that about you. And it's like this really lovely thing to watch flourish. Um, I love that. I love yeah. that because that could be relevant for salons in lockdown, but also salons uh, operating. It doesn't have to be because you're actually physically together. You don't have to be uh, do it digitally, but to share and to be interviewed and to be uh, profiled or spotlighted and to mm. get the opportunity to share. I love that. I love that a lot. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think um, that's, that's one of the key things um, that I've tried to do during lockdown is, you know, all the managers, they're doing all their annual reviews, making the most of this time. But uh, even like you say, people not in lockdown really need to be just checking in on their staff um, because it's such, it's been such an unsettling year. 
I, I think what's ha happened as well is so many people are reflecting on their own life, like what do they want from life? Do they want to be a beautician or a therapist, um, you know, or a stylist forever? You know, what do they actually want? I think everyone's had that time to reflect and therefore salon owners now have a responsibility and more pressure to make sure that that staff member stays motivated for when things do return to normal, because I think it's going to be kind of ingrained. So I think take the time to, um, you know, to get to know the staff and, and what's what, what they're after from their life. Yep, with him. What's in it for me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm keen just to uh, quickly touch, before we wrap up, touch on your other baby. Not your salon world, but uh, you have a mechanism for driving clients via review into salons. Talk to us a little bit about Pamper Pad. Yeah, so um, Pamper Pad um, is, I would describe it as like the trip advisor of the hair and beauty industry. Um, here in the UK, we've got over 8,000 salons that have signed up for it. And essentially what it is, is um, like trusted reviews, like you can compare um, prices, but actually for uh, salons, it's really good because you can kind of like have a hub that you can go to, that you've got business advice. And um, I think for us in lockdown, it's kind of like we've, um, we've put some new features on it and it's um, really exciting to see that grow. And yeah, Pamper Pad's just always been my baby for the last sort of four or five years. But I think um, I sort of just didn't do anything for a couple of years. I was too busy with it. But now it's almost like it's had a new lease of life. And I think, um, you know, you're always pivoting and you're always thinking of things to evolve. And I think this time in, in lockdown and, um, you know, closures over the last year, um, people want to know that they can advertise somewhere and um, you know we don't take commission off people or anything like that and um, yeah it's just a really good hub um, to be found on the on the internet. Okay so it's a hub for clients to find local salons, local review, price comparison and a little bit about uh, the salon but it's also a hub for the salon owner to be part of a community, get their business visible and yeah. uh get some business advice absolutely and it's you know we've got things like marketplace discounts so you've got um you know access to timely like the booking system special discounts on that and lots of different marketplaces so it actually is saving them money um and then we've got our own like pamper pad awards so recognizing people in the industry because there's actually and the reason i built pamper pad is not just because of salons but also freelancers i don't think they get recognized enough um, so yeah, so our Pamper Pad Awards, they're per area, um, and that's been really successful over the years. So as a business owner, Hayley, multiple business owner, what is a quote or a mantra or something that keeps you focused, going strong? Uh, what's something that's really resonated with you over the years? Um, I don't actually know who said it, but it is culture is what motivates and retains talented employees so ever want any of my staff to leave us you know um, unless they're off to um, go and own their own salon is what I say to them but I just want them to love working there because if they love working um, with us then the customers are just going to love it it's just so important and um, I just the culture for me this year or over the last year has been something I've been working personally really hard on. And um, 
I'm hoping that that's really going to flourish over the next couple of years and just be really stable so that the staff members stay with us. Because I think for a business, you know, when you've got staff leaving and you're having to rebuild your team all the time, you just can't plan for anything. Um, so I'd rather know that they're in it for the long haul and you can, you can just plan rather than having this high staff turnover. Mm, agree. What's a, a, a book, a podcast, a resource, something that you believe all salon owners should get their hands on? Yeah, I, I love this book and it's so easy to read. Um, but it's Delivering Happiness by Tony Shea. And um, he was the owner of uh, a company called Zappos, which actually got sold to Amazon for like billions of pounds. But um, it's all about culture and customer service. And he was a huge believer that um, his, his staff would look after his customers and that they were engaged. You know, I think it was a shoe company that they were talking about, but he just um, had an amazing company culture. And he was a firm believer that culture drives remarkable results. And it's just a really easy book to read. Um, and unfortunately, he, I actually read it last year and then he actually um, he passed away. He died in November um, from a house fire. So I'd read this book a few months beforehand. And then I saw on the news and I was like, oh, my God, like he was such an inspiration from this book that I got. Like I really loved it that much it really affected me but I, I really think you should yeah anyone should read it it's just a great book we shall put the link to uh to that book on the show notes of this podcast for sure um Hayley, thank you for sharing your story sharing your inspiration the passion that you have for driving exceptional service building culture uh and your determination to uh, I think you're probably one of the most determined people that I know <laughs> to be able to pull off what you've done. And, um, you know, just, I think it's an attitude. Nothing gets, nothing gets in your way. And I think that's not that you don't have roadblocks like everybody else. It's, it's an attitude that you have that they're not roadblocks and you just push through. So uh, I've got a good mentor. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, really appreciate your time. Uh, given that we're on the opposite side of the world, um, we'll have to make sure you come back again. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for talking. It's lovely. And that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know you would have got a lot out of it, a lot of inspiration. Hayley, thank you so much. I would love to know what was your biggest takeaway? What was your inspiration from today's chat with Hayley? What resonated? Now, remember, uh, you can always find me in the successful, profitable Salon Owners Facebook group. I'm always hanging around a messenger. So let's chat. I'd love to hear. Uh, I'll leave the link to, uh, to do so in the show notes of this podcast. Otherwise, I look forward to connecting with you again. Same time, same place next week. Ciao for now. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the podcast. Tune in every week as I reveal the latest insights and advice on what it takes to truly master your inner salon CEO and master your salon success. Subscribe to the Salon Owners Collective podcast on iTunes or Spotify or visit us online at www.salonownerscollective.com. But make sure to join me in my Facebook group for answers to common questions and much, much more. Thanks for listening and I look forward to tuning in with you again next week.